Mindfulness mode 191. Guilt, shame. It's like this vicious circle that just pulls us down. Hey, Mindful Tribe. So good to have you with us. I'm Bruce Langford, Mindfulness Mode host and Mindfulness Life coach. Last time, I featured a wonderful, vibrant woman named Sherry, who has gone through unimaginable struggles. She was dead for 90 minutes when her heart flatlined and she lay motionless in a coma for three months. Later, as she hung on to life, she was fitted with an artificial heart, which ended up sustaining her for nearly five years. Later, she received a human heart transplant and is now inspirational in her energy and vivaciousness. Check out episode 190 if you have not heard Sherry's story. My guest today is a military veteran who tells about the fear he experienced when he was bullied by his drill sergeants. He lives by mindfulness today and enjoys helping others learn through the stories he shares about his powerful life journey. Sit back and prepare to enjoy today's guest. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I am really excited to have Aaron Hunnell on the line today. Hey, Aaron, are you in mindfulness mode? Oh, yeah, you know it, Bruce. That's awesome. Aaron Hunnell is an ultra-endurance athlete and a health enthusiast. He holds a certified wellness practitioner designation from the National Wellness Institute, and he shares his vast knowledge of health and fitness by speaking and writing. Aaron helps others reach their full potential by tapping into his experience as a military veteran and athlete. He emphasizes three P's in his teaching, positivity, passion, and purpose. Aaron has published a book called Upwards, Maximum Life with Positivity, Passion, and Purpose. So Aaron, what does mindfulness mean to you? That's a great question, Bruce. You know, mindfulness means uh, presence to me. It, it means about not getting so caught up about the past, not worrying about the future, but really appreciating the present moment, the true moment that we really only have, you know, so it's it's about getting rid of that excessive baggage. It's like checking that baggage and yeah. really just finding a way to live in the moment and for the moment and then appreciating that moment because you never know how long it's going to last. Well, that's true. You don't. And, you know, that really resonates with what I think, too, you know, because for many years I lived my life and I had some anxiety and some tension. And I mean, we all do. But I mean, there were times when I just felt really stressed out. And mindfulness has really changed that. It really has. Now, I know that you've got experience as an ultra endurance athlete. And I'd like to know what got you into that. Tell Mindful Tribe how you were kind of move to to get into ultra endurance sports yeah you know it's really interesting how i kind of fell into it i was deployed to iraq in 2009 2010 and a friend asked me if i wanted to do what was called a marathon and uh i was like what is a marathon and she told me it's a, it's a race where you run like 26 miles and at first i was like why would anybody want to do that for fun uh but she <laughs> She told me that you get a medal and a T-shirt at the end, and yeah. it was the Boston Marathon coming to Iraq, and I was like, sign me up, you know, like yeah. so many people want to do the Boston Marathon, I could actually have a medal and a T-shirt from it, you know, so cool. a very extrinsic source of motivation, 
So I, I, I trained for this marathon and it was, I, I finished after four and a half hours and I felt like complete garbage. I literally thought I was going to die and I promised myself I was never going to do it again. It was like the worst idea I'd ever had. But, you know, just like life happens sometimes, um, it became a new passion for me because I had the opportunity to actually go to Boston the following year and run. And what I found was uh, that running is, is a community, you know, and that I got so much joy from running and it became a passion. And as I learned more about myself and I learned more about mindfulness, I realized that there were there was an opportunity for me to run mindfully. So I kept challenging myself, kept seeing what I was capable of doing. And I went from running marathons to doing ultra endurance events like Ironman. And I just recently did a hundred mile run this past October. Wow. A hundred mile run. So how did you prepare for that, Aaron? Well, preparing for a hundred mile run is uh, a lot more challenging than uh, training for a triathlon because when you do train for a triathlon, you're doing swimming, biking, and running. You're switching it up. When you're training for a 100-mile run, you're literally running all the time, which makes sense. Yeah. And this this particular event was very special to me because a friend and I were going to push our, our friend who has cerebral palsy in a specialized racing chair the entire way. So she has uh, a disability where she is not able to walk or run. So we pushed her the entire hundred miles. So training for that was um, also very different because not only did we have to train running by ourselves, but we also had to train pushing Katie. So it was about um, a, a year's worth of training. And we started out you know, with maybe 30 to 40 miles a week. And then we would just keep adding more distance, adding more volume to our training to the point where the goal was to get at least 100 miles in one week. And once you hit that, and as you increase and improve your threshold, uh, you're able to put all of those miles into like one day, one long event. So it's, it's a very stout training and it takes commitment. It takes patience. It takes perseverance. Uh, but there are learning opportunities in all of that, especially for mindfulness. Wow, that must have been uh, just so exciting to not only have that goal and work toward it, but to achieve it and to do it with your, you know, your friend Katie. Tell me more about Katie and, and how Katie entered your life and what this is about, how, how mindfulness has helped you to kind of help her. That's a great question. So back in 2012, 2011, 2012, I met Katie at the YMCA. It's a local a local gym. And I wanted to find somebody that helped me realize uh, that running and doing all these endurance events was more than just about me. Like I wanted to form a team with somebody. And Katie was there in her chair. She was getting after it, doing this exercise on this tricep extension machine. And I was like, wow, uh, I don't know how I'm going to like get to know this person, but she's the person that I want on my team because she's just inspiring the heck out of me right now. So uh, later on, after I, I built up enough courage to go ask her, I'm like, hey, would you ever be interested in racing with the organization called My Team Triumph and do what's called a half iron distance race with me? And now a half iron 
triathlon is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike, and a 13.1 mile run back to back to back. So after we uh, formed a relationship to train for this race, you know, and we completed this race, we had so much fun. And you know, talking about mindfulness, bringing you into the present moment, there's so many that there's so many fears that accompany race day when you're training for an endurance event. So you know, you start thinking to yourself, "Am I trained to do this event?" You start asking yourself, "Am I going to be able to push and pull Katie?" 70.3 miles, you know, that's a far, that's a long distance. Am I going to be able to handle it? And you start creating these scenarios that are, that aren't even like present moment. They're based on the future. You're creating like false realities per se. And so what I learned to do is to just be right there with Katie and say, it's not about the time. It's not about the end result. It's about the experience right here, right now. And as long as I give every single present moment, everything that I've got, that is what I need to appreciate because she's not worried about the end result. She's worried. She's, she's just having fun right here with me. So I need to appreciate that. So racing with Katie taught me so much about mindfulness because it pulled me into the present moment. It, it taught me to have gratitude, just being able to run, you know, not everybody can run. I, I realized that racing with Katie, like Running isn't something that I have to do. It's something that I get to do, you know, and I should appreciate that and find gratitude in that. And that's what I love about gratitude is gratitude, I feel like, pulls us into the present moment, you know, because we get so caught up worrying about the past or thinking about the future, that gratitude and say, you know what, I'm just thankful for being able to race with Katie right here, right now and appreciating that. That's to me, that's what mindfulness is all about. Wow. So did you team up with Katie to do some speaking events? We did, yes. In uh, 2015, Katie and I had the opportunity to do a keynote for the Wellness Council of Wisconsin. And uh, it was uh, an event where about 600 wellness professionals and business professionals came to learn about worksite wellness and improving wellness. And Katie and I shared our story about uh, breaking barriers and overcoming obstacles in life and turning them into opportunities. And the, the, the message behind breaking barriers is about teamwork. And that's, what, that's what's awesome about mindfulness is that sometimes we, we think that mindfulness has to be something that we experience ourselves. And I think you know there's, there's some truth in that, and it can be because mindfulness is different for everybody. But I also think that there is something incredible when mindfulness is um, encompassed by teamwork. And that's what Katie and I have is mindfulness around teamwork. So the, the goal is to understand that, you know, we might have different perceived barriers or, or perceived limits, but when we come together as a team, we take those perceived barriers, we take, we take those, uh, those limits, we turn them into blessings, we turn them into learning opportunities, we turn them into experiences, we turn them into you know, just gifts. And that's, that's kind of the message there is, is we're stronger together than we are apart. I think that must've been a powerful presentation. I know your business is called press play Aaron. How did you come up with this name and, and tell us how your mindfulness practice has helped you launch this business? That's a great question, Bruce. So press play is all about, um, 
exactly what it says, pressing play, because so often we get caught up in the past or the future. We're pushing the pause button on our lives. We're so worried, and especially in America, we're so stressed all the time. You know, I've seen some research that 80% of Americans are stressed all the time, and I know it's not just in America. It's, it's around the world. We're just so stressed all the time, and um, we tend to live on autopilot where you know we get we develop these habitual routines of worry, of stress, of fear, and it keeps us from living in the present moment. So we're essentially pressing pause button, pressing the pause button on our life. Well, the uh, the message behind press play is is being present. It's it's finding things that are important to you and then taking action to do them, not letting your life. Uh, be on autopilot, but being intentionally active in your pursuit of greatness or happiness or whatever you're wanting for yourself. So that's behind, that's the message behind Press Play. Uh, mindfulness helped me build my business because I realized that if I worried too much about the future, I wouldn't take the steps necessary in the present moment. You know what you know what I mean? Like I do. If, if I sit here and worry about all of the risk of, of, of failure or maybe fear of, you know, maybe not being able to build up clients, I will never take the risk to do what's important to me. What I've got, what I learned how to say, and, it, and I have to say learned because I was, you know, pretty fearful of launching my own business because there's a lot of uncertainty with that. And I think For sometimes sure. that uncertainty, that uncertainty holds us back from so much in life. And I said, you know. I need to think about like right now, is this something that's important to me? Is this something that I value? And, and I, I answer, yes, absolutely. Like I care about people so much. I love people. I want to share this message with them and let them know that if they're stressed, you know, if they've got emotional baggage, if they're, you know, if they want to accomplish something great in their life, they can absolutely overcome those barriers. They can press play. They can get the momentum necessary to achieve the results that they want, the life that they want. So you've really alluded to this, but what is the single most important impact that you want to have on the world? I want to empower and inspire people to live with positivity, passion, and purpose. I really do. I think that positivity is a great way to live because it um, it gives you like a sense of a source of energy. It makes you feel. I mean, you think about like negativity and how much it holds us back. It it creates this sense of fear, which can lead to stress, which can lead to uh, choices that don't align with who we are and, how, and who we want to become, which can lead to different, uh, like guilt, shame. And it's like this vicious circle that just pulls us down. And I think positivity does the opposite. It builds us up. It makes us feel, uh, energized and excited to accomplish things in our life. I feel like passion is all about, uh, momentum. It's, it's about doing things that are important to you and, going after them. And as you find things that you're passionate about, just like for me, running is something that I'm passionate about. Speaking to people is something that I'm passionate about. The more I do those things, the more positivity I get in my life. So it's about adding passion, positivity, and then last but not least purpose, like actually defining what your purpose is in life and then harmonizing all that you do with your core values, your purpose, your passions, things that make you feel positive. And then going and doing it, you know, feeling fulfilled. And it's about purposes to me is about clarity. You know, you, you go to the optometrist and for me, I wear glasses. So I have to take off my glasses 
to get my eyes checked. And when she puts the Foropter device, the one that uh, measures your visual acuity, right off the bat, I can't see anything. I can't see the, the letters up on the wall. But as she changes, as, as the optometrist, I see a female optometrist, as she changes the lenses, each time she changes the lenses based on what I say and which ones look clearer, everything becomes clear. And I think that's the bigger message is that purpose is about having clarity. We focus so much on the do sometimes. What am I going to do rather than creating clarity around who am I going to be? And then once I know who I'm going to be or who I am, then I focus on the do and taking the action. Aaron, in a presentation, I saw you use a mirror. Tell Mindful Tribe how that mirror uh, sent a message that you could share with the audience. Absolutely. You know, the mirror, a mirror is such a powerful device because we look in it all the time. And people start to develop their self-concept based on what they say to themselves when they look in that mirror. So I always ask my audiences, what are you telling yourself when you look in that mirror? Are you like, oh my goodness, my life sucks. You know, today's going to be horrible. I've got so much to do. I've got so little time. And again, these are, uh, this is self-talk that is the opposite of mindfulness. You know, it's, it's, it's living in the past or, you know, stressing about the future. You know, we, we develop these negative, uh, these negative statements. We say these negative statements to ourselves when we look in that mirror or, or I don't look good enough, you know, or I need to lose weight. We, we self-criticize ourselves while looking in this mirror and it can be detrimental to our self-concept. So I, I challenge people or audiences rather to develop healthy power statements, you know, looking in that mirror and saying, you know, I'm enough. I'm awesome. I appreciate all that I am right now uh, because I've got a heart that's beating inside my chest. I've got lungs, you know, that are filling with air and keeping me alive. I've got blood circulating throughout my body. You know, and appreciating all that you already are, because when that appreciation happens, that's when you can start to uh, create momentum in your life to accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. Yeah, and I can tell just by the way you're, you're describing this, that this is a really important part of your life, these power statements, these affirmations. Tell us, is meditation part of your mindfulness practice? And if it is, can you describe it? Absolutely. Meditation is... Uh, an everyday thing for me. And sometimes it varies, but I'd say the most consistent form of meditation that I have is around gratitude. So whether I'm writing it in my journal uh, or I'm doing it when I wake up in the morning or before I go to bed, I make sure that I have three gratitude statements for things in my life. And uh, sometimes the, the gratitude statements can be difficult, you know, because maybe you're, you had a tough day and you're like, oh, man, I don't really know if I want to do this. But every time I do the gratitude statements afterwards, I feel amazing. And I, and I make sure that it's not just something uh, that's that's really like big, like, oh, I'm so thankful for life or I'm so thankful for, you know, uh, the community that I live in. I try to make uh, gratitude statements really small in particular, and then try to attach messages to them. So like having gratitude for a pencil because a pencil allows me to write and reflect how I'm feeling in my journal or having uh, gratitude 
for um, a piece of food that I'm about to eat, you know, being mindful about the food that I'm about to eat and appreciating the food that I was able to eat and how it's nourishing my body and becoming all part of all of the cells in my body and part of me. So sometimes I think we, we think big picture, you know, I'm, oh, I'm thankful for my family, you know, I'm thankful for all these really big things, but I think finding ways to appreciate the really small things can play just as, as big a dividends uh, because you're you're finding ways to connect small things to bigger meanings. Yeah, definitely. Aaron, I'm glad you mentioned food because I know that a lot of our listeners have some challenges with food, and I mean, so many of us do. How do you help some of the, the individuals you work with when it comes to the area of food and diet? That's a great question, Bruce. Uh, one of the best concepts I heard around mindful eating is that the goal is to feel better after eating than before you started. The goal is to feel better after you're done eating than before you started. And mindfulness really helps you appreciate all that is going on inside your body while you're eating and how the food tastes. Think about where the food came from and appreciate every single step from that food being manufactured or grown or produced to you consuming it. You know, appreciating that entire process, appreciating the, the taste, texture, feel of that food inside your mouth, and then paying keen attention and awareness to what your body's telling you. So, you know, it's, it's a, unfortunately, it's a long process from your stomach to communicate with your brain how full you are, you know? So it's like, it might take 10 minutes from the time that you're full to the time that your stomach uh, communicates with your brain to say you're full. But by that time we eat so fast, sometimes it's like, oh man, I'm, I'm stuffed now because I didn't stop when I was actually full and I just kept going. So the, uh, I would say be very mindful of you know what your body is telling you and try to find the distinction between hunger and appetite. Find the distinction between hunger and appetite. So when you're eating, are you actually hungry or do you have an appetite? So appetite is maybe you have like a craving for food, like maybe it's just a piece of chocolate or something after you've had a meal. There's a difference between the two. So find out which, which it actually is. Are you hungry or do you have an appetite? And then let that inform you on what types of foods you're gonna have and then appreciate all the foods that you're about to have, recognize how they're becoming part of you. And you know, I just wanna touch on the diet subject real quick because uh, this is just a personal philosophy, but you know, I think diets, uh, can be tough because we often have this belief that the diet is going to help us lose weight, all right? And I think that's for a lot of people. Diets are going to help me lose weight. And I think that mindfulness can just help you appreciate that you're already enough. You know, you're, you're already everything that you need to be. And once you can find the courage to say that I, I already appreciate who I am, then, then you can take the steps necessary to eat healthier, to exercise frequent, and to manage that stress. So when it comes to dieting, I always like to challenge people, don't, don't do a diet just because you want to lose weight. Don't do a diet um, for you know a certain number of weeks. Create a lifestyle around eating. Do something that you intend to do for the rest of your life because we're, we're habitual creatures. You know? So if you develop a pattern of dieting, um, you're you might change your body weight. You might 
change your diet for a certain number of weeks. But if your intention is not to sustain that diet, you're just, most people are going to fall back into what got them to where they're at in the first place, you know? So, uh, diets can actually be problematic because, uh, it can, it can fluctuate your weight, you know? And so I, I always encourage people to really consider why they are dieting. You know, is it something long-term for you or is this, uh, are you just wanting to lose weight? Because if you're just wanting to lose weight, um, you might wait cycle and that actually is really unhealthy. I want to uh, know if you have any comments on gluten because I've had some individuals talk to me about this recently and I thought maybe you have a take on, on gluten, how many of us have a reaction to it, what it does, whether we should avoid it. What, what are your thoughts? You know, I think some people actually do have uh, gluten intolerance. You know, I think some people actually uh, have the celiac disease do I think that gluten intolerance um, is also a trend? Yeah, I think that there is some truth to that. I think that it, in some cases it might be a, a trend, um, but I do believe that some people are gluten intolerant and it messes with their, their GI system and, and messes with their body. So I think those individuals uh, should definitely uh, eliminate gluten from their diet. Now, here's the thing, though, is if if not eating gluten makes you feel empowered, you know, if it makes you feel energized and you want to do that for the rest of your life, by all means, go do it because there's a psychological association with that too. And so if you get energy from doing that and you feel like, hey, I'm doing something that's important to me, by all means, go do it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Aaron, I've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade and seen how mindfulness can really make a positive difference in this area. Do you have a story that involves bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? That's a great question, Bruce. Um, so again, I'm in, the, I'm in the military and I recall a situation when I was first going to basic training. Now, for those of you that don't know, basic training is uh, like the boot camp for the army. And I remember getting off the bus and I had this really light blue suitcase full of my stuff in it. Yeah. And as soon as I got off this bus, all of these drill sergeants, which are the ones that are in charge, like just started attacking me. And I, re I remember specifically, they're <laughs> like, they're like, what do you think? Are you going to Disney World? And they're like, hey, drill sergeant, this private thinks he's going to Disney World. <laughs> and so they, they were ridiculing me. And, you know, that's that's their job. You know, that's yeah. their that's what they're there to do is to try to break you. Um, and. I was like, oh my gosh, what, what is going on? And, you know, fear started to creep in. I started thinking about the nine weeks that I had to spend there, you know, thinking about the future, which isn't the present moment, yeah, which isn't sure. mindful. Yeah. And I just kept walking and I kept walking. And, you know, I finally got to the point where I was like, you know, I just have to like internally smile and just yeah. say, it's going to be okay. You know, so I did, I was like, you know, this, they're, they're here to do this. This is their job. I have to be present right now and understand that, you know, they're just trying to make fun of me because I've got this suitcase here and I'm not actually going to Disney World. <laughs> but but this is, you know, I, I get to be in control of my emotions. You know, if sometimes I think bullying is somebody who wants to exercise control or power over somebody else. And I think yeah. mindfulness, which is really important, is finding a way to exercise control or power within yourself, you know? 
And that's what I that's what I did right then and there is I found a way to exercise power and control within my own thinking and I overcame it. And it ended up being a really cool experience. I loved basic training. Did you? Yeah. Cool. I loved it. Cool. It was a challenging experience and uh, I had so much fun with it. That that's a great story, Aaron. Yeah. So obviously it didn't uh, continue on to be a problem where you were picked on or whatever because of the way you chose to deal with it. Absolutely. I wasn't a victim. You know, I was just there to uh, to learn. Cool. Aaron, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? You know, I have to say that I really enjoyed reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And uh, I have to say he really influenced me because... And I read this book within the last three months, and I, I've been practicing mindfulness for the last uh, five or six years. But he really made me re uh, understand and appreciate that we are connected so much to the past, so much connected to the future, that we really just need to find time and appreciate and find gratitude for the present moment. And actually having gratitude will pull us into the present moment. Yeah, it totally will. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Aaron? Mindfulness puts me in a positive emotional state, and I love positive emotional states because when I feel positive, when I feel more energized, I'm more likely to do the things that are important to me and that I find value in. So tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Oh, I can tell you breathing, especially while running, is so important for like my mindset and my mindfulness practice. I, re I recall specifically when I was doing the 100-mile run and how challenging it was for the last six miles. So for the last six miles, I developed a rhythmic breathing pattern that just allowed me to focus on being present than worrying about having to do the last six miles, which was really, really challenging. So I just focused on my breathing. And I'll tell you what, Bruce, it made me just appreciate everything that I was right then and there. And I wasn't worried about the future. I was so fixed on the present moment that the last six miles just flew by. And they weren't as tough as I thought they were going to be. Well, you've, uh, you've written a book, Aaron, uh, called Upwards, Maximize Life with Positivity, Passion, and Purpose. Do you have any other books you re recommend that would... Uh, help our, our Mindful Tribe listeners in the topic of mindfulness. I know you've mentioned Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Anything else? There's another great book out there, and I don't think it's as popular, um, but it's also a really great read, and it's called The Half-Empty Heart, written by Alan Downs. And uh, the book is a supportive guide to breaking free from chronic discontent. And uh, what I love about uh, Alan Downs and, and the way that he writes the book is how sometimes we develop this uh, discontent in our lives and how we become so uh, caught up with the past or the future that we don't, uh, we're not content with the present moment. So we're just looking around all the time trying to find things that make us happy, but we're chronically discontent with our lives and we don't know how to be mindful in the present moment that we just keep searching for something and it never ends. And we're just constantly... Um, discontent with our lives and ourselves. So this is a great read. I found a lot of value from this book. Perfect. I'll check it out. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? 
I'll be honest. I don't use apps uh, for my mindfulness practice. Sure. Sure. Aaron, it has been really great talking with you uh, today about about everything in your life. You've, you've just had such a full life and and you seem to have carried this theme of mindfulness throughout. Now, sh- could you share with Mindful Tribe how we can learn more about you and maybe contact you? Absolutely. I'm on Facebook uh, at Aaron Hunnell Author. I am on Instagram at Aaron Hunnell. And I also have a website AaronHunnell.com. And if you would like to email me, you can email me at pressplay at AaronHunnell.com. And I want to make sure I spell it out for our listeners. A-A-R-O-N-H-U-N-N-E-L. So it's AaronHunnell.com. So Aaron, thanks so much for being on Mindfulness Mode today. It's been really great chatting with you. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Yeah, all the best. Bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.